Hey guys, welcome back to the Mob Squad. I'm Amanda. And I'm Ariel. Let's do this. Hey guys, welcome back. That's not the one. We're trying out new intros, and that clearly was not uh, a slam dunk. That was it. We need somebody to introduce us, and then we just start talking because it's awkward. How are you? Good ish. What? Good ish. Why? I don't know. I have like nasally stuff going on. Yeah, I don't like it. I like it. I told you you're in your smelly cat era. I don't and know what that means. It's, though. it's Phoebe. Okay, from well, friends. Explain the situation. She, that's her like song that she's super famous for. Okay. Smelly cat, smelly cat. So she sounds nasally when she does it? When she's sick, she does everything she can to keep the cold because she's got this like really (laughs) sexy voice. That's hilarious. And then she sings smelly cat and Monica gets sick and then she's like eating her tissues and like rubbing them all over her body. Ew. She wants the cold back because she knows she sounds really sexy. That is hilarious. You got that like nasal so you're in your smelly cat I don't think it sounds sexy. I think it sounds bleh. Oh, I think the nasal sounds so sexy. Oh, no. Well, I'm really excited to be here today because we have a special guest. Who is? sister. (laughs) (laughs) Who you guys have heard me talk about, I think, in every single episode. Probably. I refer to her in some way, shape, or form. All good things, don't worry. Hi, Christina. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time I'm saying your name, though. Yeah, because you always just call me sister. My sister, Yeah. yeah. I have three sisters, but this is the sister I'm usually talking about. When I say sister, it's always you. Yeah. Aw, sister, sister, sister. Ow. My sister's a hardcore Friends fan also. Yeah. And I, apparently I've missed that. I didn't miss it. I, I just wasn't as into it when it was happening on TV as everybody else was. But like I was telling you before the podcast started, we came home from Hawaii and <laughs> there was on the plane, not a lot of options. I don't know why. And one of the options was all these old friends series. And I laughed and I was like <laughs> dying laughing on the plane, like it's out so, loud. So good. I was like, oh my gosh, these are so funny. I so, the series. I have to. You can't go the rest of your life without watching it. I've I know. seen them. I've seen a lot of them. I just don't remember all of them. And I didn't watch them hardcore like every day like some people did. You probably did. Yeah, we did. But and we still do. They are very funny. <laughs> you know what's so funny, though, is you're going to watch it and you're going to be like, that's where Amanda gets it. That's where she gets it. Yeah. Like when she says certain things. She probably says like, so many lines from it and it goes over my head. I know. That's I why know. you think I'm so funny. <laughs> <laughs> So don't give away but your actually, secret. I'm just taking lines from movies and sitcoms. <laughs> I love secret. that though. That's one of my favorite things is when people say lines from movies, but you have to know what it is for it to like be funny. Right? I know. Sometimes I say things to you and it doesn't land. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, clueless. I'm cracking up. Yeah. And you're like, uh, you're not funny. Is she going to tell us that she's never seen Mean Girls? No, I've seen that. You have seen it, but I have referenced it a couple of times. I know. I'm so brain dead, you guys. Just <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> My brain just doesn't work anymore. So I don't remember those funny. things. It's I know, like, but you remember a lot of other things. You remember things that are important in that matter. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's nice of you to say. <laughs> just, it's true. So I'm not totally like... <laughs> <laughs> Lump on a log, but yes, I, I, the pop culture stuff is definitely my husband's thing more than mine. So he keeps it 
interesting. And he'll, he's like you where he'll say lines and I just repeat what he says. <laughs> Cause I think it's funny, but I don't always know where it's coming from. Anyways. That's funny. I love so that. today's episode is probably a continuation of our last episode where we did discuss friendships and feeling connected and having true friends. And as we mentioned on that episode, that is something I think adults struggle with, but it also happens to our kids and that is difficult because as moms, we just want to help our children. And when we can't, we want to fight the kids it that hurts. hurt them. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't know yours. And we brought Christina on today because she has a similar situation with one of her children. I've had it with my children. I guess Amanda's too cool for school. <laughs> um, false. No, I have it with my kids too. We all Do have you? it. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Hundred percent. But you haven't mentioned it when we've been talking about it on the podcast or in person, both or like first. Yes, my middle went through it entirely. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay, but you didn't say anything, so I thought it was just me, Christine, <laughs> talking about it. But anyways, oh. it doesn't matter. No, we've all three, and I think anybody that we know has gone through it in one way or another. The severity right. of it probably depends on each unique situation. But yeah, I think that it's safe to say that every parent goes through this with their kids at some at point some point in their life. Yeah. Right. Well, here's the thing. And I don't think it's exclusive to adults or children. I think it's a universal thing. I don't even think it's women versus men or just in America, not somewhere else. I think the friendship thing, like I said on our last podcast, if you haven't listened, go listen, because this might not make sense. But I talked about it being like a cultural thing where we're just not connected like we used to be mm-hmm. connected, but like at a distance connected or through computer screens or at a connected. rapid pace. Right. And our lives are a lot different. Mm -hmm. We're not slowly doing things and connecting with community. But I will say that friendships have ups and downs, especially with kids. I think in elementary age, it's a lot different. Their friendships are a lot different than they are. I don't, for me, from my own experience, middle school was tough for friends because there's so much drama. Your bodies are changing. There's so many hurtful things I think that happen in middle school. Middle school is like kind of a shit show for most people. And it's part of growing up. And then, you know, high school, you start to make your real friends because you've kind of become the person that you're going to be. But that's always evolving and changing. And we even talked about that on our last episode where when you're an adult, you kind of go through those changes too, where Mm -hmm. when you're in college, you're one person, then you're maybe focused on career and marriage, and then you're focused on family. And so you go through these changes. And so friendships are always having to evolve as well. But today we wanted to talk about how it happens with our children, because it's something I think a lot of parents go through. And how do you help your kids? And what's it like? And I don't know, what do we do about it? I'm going to look to you for that, because you're always so good at coming up with the positives or seeing it from a different angle. Like you're really good at seeing those things where I just kind of get locked into how sad and hurtful it is. Well, I do get into the weeds with feeling sad and hurtful. And I have for a really long time. Like I remember when my oldest kid would come home from school, like elementary school, maybe third grade. And he'd be like, nobody would pick me. We're not friends anymore. Me and Johnny Jojo, we're not friends. We're never going to be friends again. And I would lose sleep over it for three days. Yeah. And I'd agonize like, oh my gosh, what if he doesn't have any friends? And he would be upset. I remember that. Remember? And yeah, then, I do. And then like a week later, he'd be like walking out with Johnny Jojo. Yeah. Can we have a play date? Can we blow? And I was like, what? I think we He's talked like, about oh, yeah, this in another fine. episode. We're good. 
I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I just lost three days of sleep over yeah, this. I've been agonizing. Right. I've been like researching other schools. Do we need to move? Like what, what's happening? Do I need to get you into therapy? Is there yes. something like, or you would like have a conversation with a mom and then he would like patch it up on oh, his own. Yeah. And you're like, why did I do that for you? Well, I never <laughs> ever, and let, I, I never go to a parent to resolve the issue first. I Unless, I mean, if it was like, unless your kid gets stabbed by a pencil. No, that was my kid stabbing Ariel's kid with a pencil. <laughs> but thanks for bringing that oh, up. Oh, that was really, you guys. Yeah, that, yeah, was, really, that, was, yeah. that was really our situation. Yeah. And we've talked about that in a lot other podcasts with having difficult conversations. That was a hard one to have. And anyway, it it's fine now, but in the moment that really sucked anyway, but I, <laughs> I lost my train of thought and I'm so no, awkward. No, but like if my kids are having a problem with another kid, I, it's, it takes me a long time to go to that other mom because I really want to teach my kids how to have like conflict resolution. I don't want to be the mom that fights all their battles. I think that they'll be more confident when they can, you know, they'll be better leaders. They'll be uh, more confident in their ability to have day-to-day activities in their lives. And it's really, really hard because I do want to fight their battles. I sometimes want to fight a kid for being an asshole. Right. I don't do it, but I think it. And <laughs> I, it's like that movie ch- scene where she's like, cusses yeah. at that kid what is that like this is 40 yeah this she's is like 40. oh you're gonna cry you're gonna cry now little baby gonna cry <laughs> like, we've all scene. been there like we've all wanted yeah. to do that in my head I do that mm-hmm. you know but not in real life I would never do that to a kid but you well, get to that point where if your child's hurting you're hurting so you just want to yeah. defend them and it's hard sometimes not to I think there are certain situations where parents should step in for sure especially elementary age because they are not always capable of having those conversations right. because they don't understand the big picture their children Mm -hmm. and parents do but that's a very hard situation I mean with our situation with our boys we were friends so we could have those serious conversations but sometimes you have a conversation with a parent and they blow you off or they act like it's not a big deal and you're like who the hell do you think you are that this is okay in your world do you know what I'm saying our situation was like just two kids dicking around it wasn't malicious I don't think well at the time it was it was seeming like they, I don't know. It was different, but, and they were all still super little. They were like first grade. Yeah. First grade. Very little. Back to what we were talking (laughs) about. I guess Standing up for your kids. When do you step in versus when do you not? I don't, it's different for every situation, Yeah, but I will say this. And we've had these conversations with teachers at our school. Mm -hmm. We went to a meeting and the teachers, it was like a parent teacher meeting for like the APT or the PTO or whatever. When when I was around in that. And they mentioned how children these days don't have the skills to interact with each other and problem solve because parents do everything for them. Yeah. And so the teachers were like, they need to figure this out on the playground or in the classroom. And you can obviously guide them. Not everything is a level 10 is basically a level 10 bullying straight on. Well, like, it was situation. Involved, the, the situation that they were referencing was bullying, but they did mention that kids are not having those conversations. And I think it's there's a lot of helicopter parenting these days where I mean, I'm not going to talk bad about somebody I know, but I will. So <laughs> I'm not going to mention her name, but she literally but she knows who she is. I, I don't know. I'm listening to the podcast. She might one day. So that's why I hesitated. No, we're not here to attack anybody. It's, I'm not it's attacking just her. Scenario. But as an example, nothing happened with this child that she wasn't involved in. And that is overbearing. And at some point that child is going to be resentful 
because they weren't allowed to do anything. Like, I'm not just talking about interactions with friends. I'm talking like everything, like, like major parent, helicopter like, parent, parent. kiddo back from, yes. from life. From he couldn't have, he couldn't experience life. Everything was fearful and everything mm. was, you can't do this. You can't do that. Sounds and, like my life. Yeah. It's <laughs> well, it, and you can talk about your situation. I mean, that's why we brought you on was to really share your experience. I have experience with it. I mean, you do too now, now that I know Amanda has it too. But but you and I were talking about this yesterday with my son. And then you were going to talk about a little bit about your son. Yeah, my son's tough. Like, uh, he's the sweetest. He's the sweetest boy. He literally loves with his whole heart. He's so, so sweet. But he's exhausting. Like, actually, on New Year's, Austin, I don't even know if he knows this, your husband. I don't know if you guys even know. I know that you know, but I don't know if you know when... My son is, I don't know. He's just so different. And he, we were counting down. We were doing the countdown to New Year's Mm -hmm. and he just starts crying. Did you see that? Yeah, I think I remember this. Wasn't he like sad that the year was? He was sad that the year was over. Yeah. Yeah. He was But I love that. I I know it's hard. It's lovely, but it's it's hard. I know it's hard. And you're like, oh, okay. I don't love it. No, It's so hard because he won't just enjoy the moment. It's always that that moment's over. So like. For example, it was just his birthday and we went out and he actually did really good. I was, I'm very proud of him for how he acted this year. But typically on his birthday, once it hits like 5 p.m., he's just a wreck the rest of the day because his birthday's over mm-hmm. and now it's done. He, he trickled with that a little bit, but not until but, much later. And he was like, I'm getting sad because the day's almost over. When we were walking to the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, and I was sad. like, that's OK. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Right. <laughs> or whatever that yeah, yeah, that's what that's like, what I Think about all the great things that happened today. And yeah. you're so lucky because it gets, you get to have this all over again next year. Right. But Aww. he just doesn't. He's just always that that kid that is thinking about it being over rather than enjoying the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard. But I remember on New Year's, I was I was so defeated because he was just crying and crying and crying and he didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to go like the fireworks because he was just so upset and he was just throwing a temper tantrum. And I know that Austin was just looked at me and he could see the defeat in my face and he just gave me the biggest hug and it literally Aww. like made me feel so much better just that somebody like recognized that what I was and I don't even actually know if he recognized it but he gave me a hug and that made me feel so much better that I was yeah. dealing with this mm-hmm. child who was causing me so much angst in that moment I don't know he's just a different kid he's very sweet he's he's just not a typical boy's boy he doesn't want to play outside he doesn't want to ride bikes he doesn't want to he's not big into sports he wants to build things and he will sit we got him kinetic sand for his birthday and I'm not even kidding you he's he'll sit there for four hours and just play with kinetic oh my god it's amazing the whole time which people we think it's great ariel and i when we first had babies used to be like god girl moms are so lucky yeah because their, their girls would color. color yeah they just sit them at the table like they color. would just sit still i think that's my thing is like they would just sit still and, and be color. quiet but none of our my kids biggest color. nightmare of having all boys is when it's quiet something's, something's happening yeah i just <laughs> saw a meme this morning the universe is so weird i just saw it and i was gonna share it and i did it but yes the silence is like uh-oh what's going on they're finger painting the bathroom it's so different there's like i just watched a comedy <laughs> <Ivory> stretch <laughs> oh what oh with ivory so oh no they they painted the bathroom with finger paint with all the colors oh no i know but then our littles took the ivory soap to our airbnb oh, and they and washed the whole bathroom they it was <laughs> everywhere soap. like they're oh, no. like shower curtains pictures that were like picture frames oh my gosh the grate mm. of the fireplace had no. chunks of ivory they soap. were so proud of what they so did so fun to clean up your right? uh, workout mm. pants you were so mad <laughs> 
Oh no! I must I must have blocked that part out. <laughs> You're like, like what? No. I was mad about my workout pants. Yeah, were they like <laughs> they were hanging over the shower? Oh, did I just wash so them or something? Just oh. wash them and they took ivory stuff. Our that's the one time that that my little is a boy's boy is when him and Amanda's little are together alone. That's really the only time where he's like a true boy's boy. Yeah. He always gets in trouble when it's just the two of them. So does your son talk about the, the feeling struggles of not connecting with other kids the way or other boys, I guess? He doesn't. But I know that it's a struggle for him. It's so funny because when he has a bad day, he gets mad at me for making him move here. Like he says, oh, but I had all these friends back in California. And I'm like, no, but you didn't. You were in kindergarten. It's you, how he thinks of but it. He though. thinks that he had all these friends back home there. And now that we now that I made him move, he has no friends. And that's and that's wise because he's he the new kid. But, but you're not new anymore. You've been here for two years. Like you've made friends. He has friends and, and he plays with friends every day. Like he'll come home and play. Like, oh, I played with Peter Piper and you know, mm-hmm. Johnny Jojo, Johnny Jojo. And, <laughs> you know, he but if he Those has JoJo's. one bad day, then it's all my fault because I made him move. He always resorts back to that, which is so weird. He doesn't ever really complain. I think the only time where he gets upset is when his sister gets a play date and he doesn't, and he doesn't know why he's not invited to play dates as much as she is. And I think it's partially an age thing too, like because she's two grades ahead of him. And I think, you know, his grade, they don't really do a lot of play dates yet. Is he an introvert? Yes. And your oldest is an extrovert? She is an extrovert. So I think that could be a whole episode of how do you deal with kids that are introverted and kids that are extroverted because there's always going to be sibling, like not rivalry, but comparison mm-hmm. of one another where so-and-so does this or that or whatever. And there's all kinds of dynamics being the oldest. I think like you said, that plays a role too. My husband was, he was the youngest. So he hated that he would have his friends over. And because his older brother was there, his friends wanted to play with his older brother. And we're kind of dealing with that a little bit with my youngest right now, where he gets upset when somebody wants to play with the older kids, you know, because they're cool. I don't know. It's one of those things where helping your kids navigate friendships is kind of like a pain thing I think or can be mm-hmm. when you when your yeah. kid struggles because how do you help them like you can't make friends for them do you mm-hmm. know what I mean but you can put them in situations and obviously talking to them and helping them like with my oldest he is an introvert like a super introvert and since he was little he has struggled with making eye contact and having conversations and I didn't know this about introverts because I consider myself like an ex- introverted introverted extrovert, extrovert. Yeah. And I used to be a lot more extroverted as a younger person. My mother-in-law was telling me how she had a son who was introverted and he would have like people would come up and talk to him and he would just stare at them. Yeah. They would leave and she'd be like, why didn't you respond? And he's like, I did. And she's like, no, you didn't. And she's, he's like, yeah, I said in my head this, you <laughs> know, and he didn't say it out loud, yeah. but that's how some introverts are. And so as a parent, I'm learning these things too, about my son, who's an introvert. And he was the same way where he would just like stare at people if they'd ask, not stare at people because he was shy, but like not answer them. So we've put him in lots of situations where he had, he was forced to be social, not just with other kids. We did lots of play dates, like an insane amount of play dates when they were toddlers, but then also you know, he went to church things and 
every time we would have interactions where we were there and we saw people interacting, we would say, make sure you're looking somebody in the eye or make sure you're responding because they, they need to hear you say the words, not just in your <laughs> head. Your voice. Right. Yeah. Use your voice. And even like when we would go to parties and things like that, I would give him words to say because he didn't know how to say things. So yeah. I would be like, you know, go to the park when he was little and I'd be like, say, what's your name? My name's so-and-so. And it's like modeling that behavior somewhat. I don't know. Making friends for your kids is not, you know, like it's not always an easy thing. Yeah. I think getting them involved in activities, but like your son isn't into sports. So do well, you- he's actually in jujitsu. Right. Like, That's I, right. My husband and I put both of our kids in jujitsu mainly because we have a daughter and we want her to protect herself, but also be because of our son and how introverted he is and how non-boys boy he is that we mm -hmm. were like, okay. And he, he really loves it, right? He loves it. We just, we wanted him to have a backbone and be able to protect himself if something, you know, people are mean. So yeah. we just Jiu -jitsu want is him. great. But it's funny that you said that about your son because my son, he's the opposite. Once you get him talking, he won't stop. And he is so intellectual that sometimes yeah. he says words. And my big. husband and I are like, where did you learn? Like, I need a, where's the dictionary? Because I don't even know. Hold on, son. Let me look like, that up. <laughs> like, you, he literally just turned eight and he uses some words that I'm oh just gosh. like, where did you even hear that from? So crazy. He's very smart. He's also very logical and yeah. he's very. By the book. Yeah. If you said you were going to do something and you didn't do that, he is going to let you know. Oh, he gets really mad. But he's just very structured, I yes. think is a good way to describe him. And he's funny because like we'll go somewhere, we'll go to a birthday party and he'll be like, it'll be a three hour birthday party from 12 to three. And he'll ask me like, oh, what time is it? And I'll be like, oh, 158. Okay. So we have 62 minutes. It's not an hour and two minutes. Like we have 62 minutes left before we have to leave. And I was like, you, what? Wow. Where's you? Okay. Rain man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he's like super, I don't know, into like the time stuff. He's like, into time everything. Is... It doesn't, it's not just that. It's like, we'll tell him January 31st at 1.52 PM, we have to go to get our haircut. And if it's January 31st at three o'clock, we're like, oh, we're going to get our haircut. Well, that wasn't the time you told me. <laughs> like, he's just very like methodical and right. very like direct and to the point. Like you have to do what you say you're going to do yeah. at the time you said you were going to do it. And if you don't, then you're going to know about it. Is that you're like going to know about it or we're not doing it because it didn't happen when you said it would. Is that like rigid? Is that like the word you would use to say that, describe that rigid? Like they like things a certain way. I don't maybe know. Maybe it's like a form of OCD. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Or, who knows? I don't know. But I think but, that just to give you a little bit of comfort, my oldest was like that too. And when he he's not like that as much anymore, it'll still, still like show yeah. his face every mm -hmm. once in a while. It's face every once in a while. But what Chris and I would do a lot, and I don't know if this helped or if it was just an, like outgrowing of it maybe, is don't worry about that. Let's let's have fun right now in this moment. Tell mm -hmm. me what is the best part about right now, and let's be present in this moment. And what does that look like? And what yeah. does it feel like to be doing whatever we're doing if we're at Disneyland? Because he would be the same way. Like if we would be at Disneyland. Okay, so we have three days. Now we have two and a half days. Now we have two days and a quarter. He would be that way. And we'd be like, what What ride do you want to go on next? Well, it's been the best ride all day. And try to like distract him from the time he has left. So he's because mm -hmm. I kind of feel that a little bit too when I'm having a really good time and I'm looking at you don't want it to end. the clock and yeah. I never want it to end. I'm like, oh, we only have two more hours. And then I like, maybe it's a family thing. Maybe. Get it from me. It's funny too, because we feel like <laughs> as my little one's growing, how similar Amanda's number one and my number two are so similar. Similar. They're mm -hmm. so similar. And it's like, it's, <laughs> I always laugh because I'm like, is this really what my future is going to be? Like, is this what I'm going to have to deal with? Oh, when I'm yeah. like, Hey, uh, I love him. He's, <laughs> he's my first baby. I love that boy. But man, sometimes I'm like, great. <laughs> totally. Mm. That's kind of funny. You have a window into the future. Yeah. 
But he makes friends. Like going back to jujitsu, like he has he has buddies in there, and they're also kind to him. And that's the one thing I do like about jujitsu is that the the coaches are so inclusive, and they never make anybody feel different. And I love that. Like no matter what level you're on, there's a kid in our in our class who's blind, and he's Aww. in there, and they they work with him every day, and they treat him exactly how they treat all the other kids. Like there's yeah. no special treatment. Everybody's the same. Everybody is a warrior, a champion, and that's it is what it is. And I love. That. I do. I love that too. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu. We did jujitsu for a while too. And my boys loved it too. And they're very inclusive in building each other up and mm-hmm. encouraging each other. I love that they teach that. Yeah. So if you're out there and you haven't tried it, it's great for kids. Do it. Um, but I don't know. So with yesterday's episode and today's, when we're talking about the kids, it's really about finding those true friends that you can be yourself with. And I think in elementary age, it's kind of more rare, wouldn't you say, Amanda, that kids find that yeah. best true friend where well, they yeah, can like, be themselves like and stages like well, in kindergarten, preschool, kindergarten, first grade, kids are just being themselves. Yeah. They don't care if you like them because they like Superman. But they also don't have like that football, awareness, like, right? No. Yeah. They like don't know where. They're like, just here yeah, for life. Like everybody's friends. Everybody's right? friends. When you're little. Everybody's invited. Everybody yes. is a part of the crew. Then I think what maybe around second grade, third grade is when they start becoming a little bit more individualized. I know for girls, third grade was horrible. Mm-hmm. Horrible. I've heard that about girls that it starts like the middle really of young. third grade. Gosh. And it just is starting younger and younger as we give them more technology technology, (laughs) and we just give them more access to the real world of what they're seeing things that we never saw at those ages. Things that they shouldn't be seeing really, honestly. It's really hard though, because you can't, unless you're not just not giving it to them, it's really hard to monitor everything they're seeing and on technology, even if you have it locked down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we have it locked down and there's stuff that I hear my kids listening to where I'm like, man, you can only really lock down profanity and sexual content. Yeah. That's it. But like, there's other lessons that I'm not really ready for them to learn or there's loopholes or whatever that these people find and they get to your kids. So unless you're, it's also happening on their, on like kids shows though, like Disney. Right. Yeah. That's all everywhere. Every day I find out about new So like, what do we do? Do we just turn it all off and live in our bunker yes I mean that's the dream I know we talked about that but our husbands <laughs> not are not ready for that I don't want to live in a bunker but according to but, Mark Zuckerberg that's coming so yeah. anyway well hopefully um, not but we just as parents have to teach them what's appropriate what our family believes in what is acceptable for our family right like that's I think yeah but it is but true. as you get older and older then it becomes more individualized and then the groups start forming and then there's well, middle school is when that shift changes where you start to care. This is what I heard growing up. Your parents are your number one until you get to middle school. And then all of a sudden there's a shift where your parents are number two and all you care about is your friends. Mm-hmm. And that was 100% true for me. I was awful to my parents and have lots of regrets, but I did only care about my parents, or my parents, my, my friends. Mm-hmm. Like I went through that whole phase of that was my life. Like I only cared what my friends were doing. I only wanted to be with them 24 seven, anything else I did not care about. I was, could care less. So then it would be fair to say these elementary school years are critical to that because, because we're still part of their lives. We don't want them, right. But we don't want to teach our kids to fit in. We want to teach our kids to find out where they belong. right? Right. Because when you're fitting in, you're doing what the mass, whatever the other, whatever the alphas are telling you to do, right? which might make us feel yucky and off. Like, remember, we were talking about that in our last episode of like, you're with a group of friends and they're just, there's just, they're great people and you really like them a lot, but you just can't 
cross that line of like true friendship because something is just off Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like what we're doing to fit in. Or there's the more extreme where you just do anything you can to stay in the alpha group because it's, what does the mean girl say? It's like better to be in it. it. Yeah. I don't know what she says. What does she say? Like, like, it's better to be in the plastics. Well, and I think it's like the whole thing is it's better to be hated by somebody than not even be acknowledged by somebody. Right. Mm, that's so sad. It's, it's, it's sad. so terrible, but that's the way people think, right? Yeah. And just to get, because they want some kind of friendship. Attention. But I do think and wonder if we as parents like celebrated their individuality more and did things like, I think it's so great that you, both of you have done this with putting your son in, in jujitsu and all of the uncomfortable situations that you put your oldest in. I actually have that in my notes where part of like that journey and helping them find where they belong is putting them in uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. that they wouldn't do because we want them to build that confidence. And that's exactly, it's not like so uncomfortable that they're going to totally break down, but it's a slight stretch from their normal day-to-day activities that is a little bit uncomfortable, but then they always come out. Like I know every time we go to jujitsu, not every time, but a lot of times he doesn't want to go. He's like, yeah. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Like I don't want to go. And I then, told him today we're going tonight after like, mm-hmm. because again, I have to tell him what's yeah. going on that mm-hmm. day because if he comes home from school and then he's hanging out, I'm like, okay, we got to go to jujitsu in an hour. And he's like, you never told me we were going. Right. We do it every week, the same days, every week. Yeah. But because I didn't tell him. So this morning I was like, don't forget, we he have jujitsu to tonight. But then and he goes he and he it. loves it. Mm-hmm. And then they're the last ones to leave and yeah. they're shutting it down. And they're like, okay, professor, we'll see you tomorrow. It's just putting him the, in those little situations. That's why I love situations. It's yeah. so good for them. Because you're out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You don't love it, but you're grateful for what mm-hmm. it does for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is life. As adults, we have to do that. Right. But if you don't learn it as a kid, you're probably not going to do it very much as an adult. Right. Right. But then you go back to like being a good parent is hard. You have to find the right sports team for your kid. That's going to do well with that kind of personality. I was just talking to a bunch of baseball parents yesterday who a lot of their kids are going to club. And one of the parents is like, well, we went to like five different clubs because I want this to be the right fit. I don't want it to totally deflate his balloon. Yeah. He's so excited about baseball. He's really good at it. And I don't want to take the wind out of his sails because he's on a team that's too intense. I'm like, that is so smart. We did this to my son. I put him in football because I thought it would be so good for him. And now he never wants to play football again because it was just too much. Like I put him in too much of an uncomfortable situation. And so we as parents have to do our due diligence to like make sure we're not interfering, but we're putting them in in environments where they will find their people. They will find out where they belong and they won't ever have to sacrifice who they are to fit in with the alphas if that's not what they choose. Well, I think with your son and your situation that you're talking about with football, I've never heard you say anything about it like that. But mm-hmm. I am telling you as a friend, even though it was very hard for him and the struggles that and you went through me. as a mom, I don't know how you did it. Yeah. Ugh. But he his confidence skyrocketed because yeah. he did something hard mm-hmm. and he came through to the other side. Yeah. And I think that is one of the most valuable lessons you can ever give your children. Yeah. So I still Thank you, but... give you accolades <laughs> for that. I do see what you're saying about finding the right stuff. And it takes putting yourself out there as a parent Mm -hmm. too. So my husband and I were just having this conversation where our neighbors, let's say, were talking about when we were young, when the kids were younger, we'd be making sure that we were making plans with our kids' friends. Mm -hmm. Part of why we did that is because we wanted to know who our kids were around, right? right? right. I think it's important to know the parents of your kids and what kind of people they are because that has an influence on your children. But also we were putting ourselves out there so that we could grow friendships for our children and do things like play dates. And we would be making a lot of effort, especially when they were toddlers and early elementary, to be making friends with those people and not just having, okay, these are our friends without 
like our kids, we wanted to have friends that were part of our kids' lives and that our kids could be friends mm-hmm. with. And my neighbors would say stuff like, why are you doing that? What's the big deal? Why, why are you always trying to like make friends with these people? And now 10 years later, <laughs> he's like, I wish I had done that because yeah. his son is struggling to make friends Oh, and does not okay. have good skills with maybe making friends and also hasn't found his niche either mm-hmm. or his whatever. And he's like, and, and also he doesn't know any of the kids that his kids are friends with now. So it makes a difference to do that, but it can be super awkward and uncomfortable to put yourself in those situations to be like, Hey, Oh, you guys are doing this. Is it okay if we come to, those are sometimes really uncomfortable things to put Dude, yourself out I there. I would never do that. Cause it's so uncomfortable. That's, what? What? that's like shocking to me that you would. I mean, I might need like a some liquid courage or a wing woman for sure. <laughs> a liquid courage. I need no, one of the two. So, That's exactly you are how the wing woman. What are you talking about? Yeah. You're who I need to do that stuff. That's, you guys give yes, me way more credit totally. than I no, Because I always no. tell you, so there's a story. Um, I, I still struggle making friends to this day. I don't have, I have a lot of friends, but yeah. they're like my core friends from elementary school, junior high, yeah. high school in California. I put my daughter in dance mm-hmm. and there was another mom there and I had my son as well. And she had two kids. She was pregnant with her third. So she had a girl and then a boy and then another girl. So our girls were close in age. Our boys are close in age. And one day she kept asking to like hang out. And I was like, no, no, no. You know, cause I, <laughs> I'm, I'm awkward. Yeah. And one day she goes, she and she's pregnant, so you can't tell a pregnant woman no. Very. She looks at me and she goes, hey, your kid's hungry. My kid's hungry. Let's go to In-N-Out. And I was like, um, okay. Yeah. She's like, I'll see you there. And I, I call my husband. I'm like, um, <laughs> what do I do? She's making me go to In-N-Out. Like, she's not giving me a choice. I call Amanda and Amanda's like, go, I love her. She's great. Like, do it. <laughs> and we became best friends. And I Aww. think that's like one of the ones that's really hard for for my son because the parents like we we actually went on a couple's trip to Nashville like we're that close the parents and then the kids were together all the time and every week we'd have dinner nights and they did gymnastics together and dance together and I think that's probably the number one family that my kids like yearn for because we don't have that here like whoa I mean you're my family though it's different I (laughs) she gets so mad at me because (laughs) she gets so mad don't be jealous I'm not jealous you're jealous I am jealous I'm not gonna lie (laughs) it's hard because it's like okay you're my sister you're my ride or die no matter what like we're always gonna be there for each other but I recognize that Amanda has her whole life here. Like she has all of her friends. She has you. She has her other girls. Like she has all these things and I can't be like, I'm, I've always been looked at as Amanda's little sister my Mm -hmm. whole life. And so I don't want that anymore. You know, like I'm knocking on the door of 40. I don't need to be Amanda's little sister anymore. And so it's hard because she has her friends and she's like, well, just come out with us. But I don't, I don't want to need your own. I need my own crew and I don't want to intrude and I don't want to make people feel weird and so it's hard because even as an adult, which I know you guys already spoke about, but it's so hard yeah. like, and you feel like you don't fit in and you like your interests are different or, you know, it's really, really hard. Yeah. You should listen to our friendship series. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's really good. I've listened, I've, I've listened to some of it. <laughs> I just wanted to plug I'm, that in there. I'm just, um, <laughs> no, yeah, it is because there's so many moving parts. Like we've talked about this so many times on the other podcast, but finding like that friend that you had, you had a boy or a girl and then a boy and that matters. And then mm-hmm. your kids can be friends and then you want the husbands to be friends. And obviously if you went on a couple's trip, then you guys all get yeah. along. That's so hard to find. Mm-hmm. And it's also hard to put yourself out there and meet your own people and 
make those friends, but it's also awkward and hard to do it for your kids. But we have to do it to set that example, totally. to show them how to do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. They my, learn from us my, all the time. My daughter freaking tore me down the other day. I, I called my mm-hmm. Amanda crying because she was just like, <laughs> she, I don't even remember. It'll make me cry now. But she was basically mm-hmm. like calling me out for not having friends. Like basically like call, like I felt like she was like, shut up, like you're a loser. You have no friends, even though those were not her words. Yeah. But she was just again, mad that we made her move, Mm. which is just her being a preteen asshole because (laughs) she has a million friends and she's on. Yeah. She's so outgoing and social and everybody loves her. She was just in a moment in time that she just, listen, as a a formal, (laughs) former teen that threw daggers at my own mother. And sorry, mom, if you're listening for all the stuff I said to you, because I was an evil bitch. I'm really sorry. You're just starting it. Yeah. Like, don't you got to let that stuff roll off your shoulders? She's gonna yeah, come up don't with take you. it personally. It's not you. She's just yeah. yeah. You're gonna get that daughter you always wanted. Yeah, I'm, I'll bring her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she she's gonna the take boys, it on. She's she's a boy's girl. Like she she can hang like no mm. one else. So um, she's the best. All right. So, so I just I took some notes because I was really into this topic because I do think that every kid, even the alpha kids who lead the pack, I think go through this at some time or another. I have talked to lots of parents, in fact, that seem to always have their kids involved in something really cool and fun and they never seem to be left out of anything. And I have talked to them and they they say they're, the struggle is real. So if you're listening to this and you think it's that you're alone, it, you're really not because even the kids that seem to have all the friends in the world struggle with this and i just want to say something when you talk about that that comes to mind is even the kids who who seem to be like the straight a student and the captain of the football team or whatever and they seem to have everything sometimes those people are really lonely Mm -hmm. sometimes they're the most lonely right so because they fit in they don't belong on the outside it's not just the kids who who aren't like that, who struggle. Yeah. It's also the ones on the top. So sorry, I just want to say that. No, <laughs> don't be sorry. That's good. So some of the notes that I took just in trying to help raise your kids to be confident and and find the humans that they belong with rather than fitting in with the alphas, um, celebrating their individualities. And I like doing this with your son a lot because I never got a crafty kid. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I have three boys and they want to be video games or sports. That's it. And I like doing that, but I also like doing other stuff too. Yeah. So when he comes in and he wants, I try to have crafts for him, like celebrating that individual individuality, highlight the examples of all the success and others who are successful that embrace their differences because that's what's going to make them stand out in life. That's what helps create leaders and inventors and innovative people. So that, I think that's really... Yeah, uniqueness is important. Encourage their self-expression. So like not sacrificing who you are to make others happy. I thought that was a good one. Teach resilience, which is really hard. That one's really hard for us because he gets so upset over everything. Mm. Like every little thing. If my daughter ha- like just speaks to him in a certain way, he'll like... You, you, even this morning, like, oh, sissy's sissy's being mean to me. And it's, she's just tired. She woke up. She's grumpy. It's the morning. It's dark outside. She doesn't so want to go to school. I think that's what my son and my, your, my son, your son and my middle son have in common is the sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And I think almost all boys are more sensitive than people think boys yeah. are. Totally. Yeah. So, which is a good thing, I think. In life, I think, let me say, I think one more time. Um, I, think it's, I do think it's important. It's going to be something I can't stop saying to foster that mm-hmm. because it's an important quality to have. I have noticed with my, because I have three boys, 
that one seems to be more sensitive and takes things personally when they're not personal. Right. And so I don't know. It sounds like your son's similar to that. So I am constantly having to tell them, tell my son, he comes in and he'll be like, they don't want to play this game. So they're being mean. And I'm like, no, you're taking that personally Mm -hmm. just because they don't want to play the game that you don't, that you want to play does not mean they don't like you does not mean that they're being mean to you. It just means they don't want to play that game. So he's like very hard on himself. And I don't know if your son is as well. Yeah. My son's the exact same way so like we'll go to Amanda's house and they'll all say oh let's go play video games and he'll have his tablet and he can play like Roblox or whatever it is and because the other ones are all playing different like they all want to be together playing video games they just don't want to be playing the same video games and he gets mad because they don't want to play with me meaning they don't want to play what I'm playing and I'm like but that's they didn't ask you to come play this game they asked you to come play with them like they're different games and he thinks like, oh, well, they just don't want to play with me. It's yeah. not inclusive. Yeah. Right. And it's not. He, he does that a lot. Yeah. And I don't so know much. how to get around that other than I just keep explaining to him that it's not personal. But I know like in life, there's a book for adults called The Four Agreements. I know mm-hmm. I've talked about it yeah. before, but one of the things is don't take things personal mm-hmm. because it's not like nothing in life is really personal. Everything in life is very personal, though. No, it's more it's about not yourself. Personal, but we're human beings who like, have hearts and feelings right, and emotions. So right. therefore... Everything is actually personal. It's just how we choose to work through it. She's circling back to church on Sunday. Oh man, that church. I talked a lot about it. I know. Yeah, it was so, it was that a really it? good. Yeah. I was talking about how like we think selfishly, like we think that everything is about us, even though it's not like you guys could be having a conversation and I'll think it's about me, even though it's not about me because right. as humans, we just naturally think that every situation or scenario is about us yeah. or like, how can it benefit me or, you know. But I don't think that's a good thing. I think it's something. No, to let it's go. not. But well, I know what you're we saying. We have to is like just like learn how to work grace. through it, where it can't give grace. That's right. <laughs> give others the same grace, grace we give you ourselves. Give yourself. Yeah, it's so good. It is good. I love that. I love it too. I'm gonna get it as a bumper sticker <laughs> and a coffee mug. <laughs> like I might and hand out and a hat. I'm gonna give it to that grandpa that. Got so mad at me in the parking lot. Oh my God, you uh, should, like a little card. You could get little cards like that umpire yeah, had. I should. Yeah. It would be great. This umpire at one of the games, he had these cards uh-huh. and they had like fun little sayings. So on the front would have like half a saying and on the back. Do you remember what they all said? No. <laughs> and some of them were like jokes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He was handing them out and they would be like motivational quotes. Oh, that's cute. Or like, yeah, yeah or like, or like funny a dad joke. Cute or, little anecdote or like a, like a, what's the greatest thing that happened to you all day? Aww. kind of and then yeah. you flip it over and then it would have something and cute it was on like the other meeting side. you or something yeah. like that like it was like it was really cute but mm-hmm. it was just like something thoughtful that you could hand out to somebody I love if that having a bad it was day. really sweet you and your grace cards I can see it now <laughs> <laughs> give yourself grace <laughs> give, give me the grace that you give yourself you asshole <laughs> I was so nice to you because I had the, a car full of kids My and kids, I'm like, yeah. your kids were in the car. Half of mine were in there. And I was like, sir, <laughs> you're all of the kids were dying because they I don't think they've ever heard me speak. So like eloquently, kindly, like <laughs> it was like overkill down. on kindness, like, sir. But it was like, sir, no, my sweet, like princess boy. Like I was so kind and he was such a dick. Like, <laughs> Sorry, didn't know you were Jesus. Like, yeah, but that's what I mean. Don't Jesus, take it turn personal. your wheel and let me through, please. <laughs> Thank you. 
He was taking out his crap on you. Totally. And you should not take it personal. It's just so hard. I know, but I'm still mad at him and it's been a week. (laughs) But I had to learn that in customer service because that's most of the jobs that I've had in my life. And when I was in high school, I worked at a tanning salon called Surf City. Woo woo. And (laughs) (laughs) shout out to Surf City. Shout out to Surf City. Playboy bunny stickers everywhere. (laughs) We did have those. But, anyways, this guy, these people would come in and just. Go off on us and rip us a new one for nothing. And then they get in their tanning bed and leave grumpy. And we would like call our manager crying and they, and she would be like, you can't take it personal. Those people are just assholes to everybody. It's not you. They're just jerks. That's true. You're right. Because you can't take it personal. If somebody comes at you, it's their problem. Well, you're very, very good at that. I've always admired that about you. I am not so good at that because I do take things personal. I'm not perfect, but. No, but you are good at like separating that or knowing it. I'm I'm not so good at that. I don't. Not think... when it comes to friends, though. Yeah, with strangers, friends, I can be awful. like, oh, fuck off. But if mm-hmm. it's friends, sometimes I do take things personal that shouldn't be. Yeah, I think all women kind of do that a little bit too far, too much, where they're like, oh, this is about me, and it's not. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. What else were you gonna say on your list? Um, what was the last one I did? Teaching resilience, highlighting the strengths. You have to go. I know. I'm, okay, it'll so- be fine. Wrap it up. It'll be fine. <laughs> Wind it up. Wind it up. <laughs> we'll talk about Balin on the next I love Balin. If you're listening, Balin, we love you. You should just, we do love Okay, her. but if, if you ever get her on, can I please come? Yes. yes I love hell her. Yes. I love her too. She's my favorite. She actually is a perfect, we should talk about her really quick. Okay, go ahead. Because she is a perfect example of somebody who doesn't fit in mm-hmm. and figured out a way to belong. And now she has... Her name is Balin Dupree. And if you here's the thing, don't follow her if you're a jerk because mm-hmm. she has Tourette syndrome and she has a lot of jerks on there. There are some haters on there that aren't nice. And she says when she has tics and stuff, she says she has funny sayings that mm-hmm. me and, and the reason she's putting it out there, I think, is because it is she is funny. She's like it's yeah. entertaining. And and she has like a um, like she does cameos and she's she's definitely making um, income off <laughs> yeah. of this, which good she for should, her. Yeah. But she also talks about her Tourette syndrome and all of the things that the struggles and how people are mean. Like she cannot actually control the text. She can't control the things that are coming out of her mouth, which and she's are one vulgar. Of, like, the minority and who are vulgar. Yeah, yeah. it's like the like it's like one like percent or some two yeah, percent of Tourette's. Um, have the vulgar language and it's uncontrollable. She can't control it, but she says a lot of very vulgar things and it makes people laugh. Ariel and I stumbled upon her because of your husband and I happened to be having a bad day and he, I think, right, wasn't he having like an off day or whatever? And he was like, this is going to bring you so much joy. And I was like, I laughed for hours. I was like, oh my God, this girl is everything. She puts herself out there and she found her people. She has an amazing family. She's got a Good, like good friends, a nice boyfriend. And she's a perfect example of somebody who doesn't fit in, but found like did the work, figured out where she belonged. And now she's sharing her story and it's so awesome. And she sent us a little message and we just love her because she does bring so much. She's funny, but she also brings a lot of joy and inspiration to yeah, a I lot love of her because she's like very real. She's super real. And I love that. I do too. So Balin, if you're listening, hello. And if you don't know who she is, go follow her. What is Balin Dupree? I think it's just Balin Dupree might be like underscore between the two names, yeah, but um, you, I'm sure if you Google if, at Balin, it's B-A-Y-L-E-N. You're all a crap. I don't know, but she's everything. <clears throat> she's great. We love her. We do love her. 
So what was your next? Okay. So the next thing on my list is building confidence. We talked about um, building confidence and putting kids in slightly uncomfortable situations that helps build their leadership skills and their confidence levels. Jiu-Jitsu is great for that too. Jiu-Jitsu is really good for that because that truly is, it doesn't, there are alphas there for sure. You can see when you walk in right? and then there's underdogs there, but it doesn't matter because everybody, I remember when I brought my little there, I mean, my, I shared, he has disability. He has like weakness on his left side. He drools. He's eight, almost eight years old and he still drools. Like he's working on it, but I was terrified. He wants so badly to fit in. Mm-hmm. And it's me that's holding him back most of the time. Cause he's like, what, who cares? Like, let me go play football. Let me go do this. Let me go do that. And I'm so afraid of what those assholes are going to do and say to him because kids are mean, mm-hmm. but walking in there, they're all equal. It doesn't matter. And everybody's treated the same mm-hmm. with kindness and love and support each it's other. It's great. So if you're looking for a place to help your kid fit in, that is a great place to start. Yeah. Model inclusivity at home, which I feel like is kind of a no brainer when we're helping our kids and we're teaching them the values and the expectations and the things that we believe as a family and we're inclusive with all members of our family, that everybody is a part of the family, not one person is the center of it. That helps them discover quicker who they are as people and what is important to them. So I thought that was a really good one. That is a good one. Providing perspective. This one I always think is a good one too. You want to validate their feelings when they're feeling excluded or they're feeling sorry or taking something personal. Like, yeah, I remember a time that I felt like that too. And it really sucks. And that feeling is horrible, but here's the good news or, you know. I think sharing stories of our own struggles is Mm -hmm. when we were kids helps them a lot because when you're a child, you look at your parents, like they've not gone through anything. They're perfect. They know everything. Mm -hmm. And when you share those vulnerabilities with them, then they can not only just learn from them, but they also start to appreciate that you're being real and honest with them. And I think that they'll reflect that back to when it comes to friends. Right. Cause so often they'll be like, you don't understand. Like now I have a teenager and he's like, you don't understand. You don't know. Actually, I think I wrote the book on this, buddy. Let's sit down. Tell mama what's going on. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, but they don't, but then you do it at a younger age too. They just, they forget because they idolize you, right? You're on this pedestal. Yeah. This perfect person who can do no wrong because you're their protector. So yeah, I think that's really good too. Encur- and we talked about this too, encouraging friendships based on shared interests. We talked about it with jujitsu, fi- finding out what your kid really likes. I'm Same going for through adults this. and kids. For adults and kids. We talked about this a lot mm-hmm. on our podcast last yesterday. One. I just had a conversation with my middle about this last night. He was crying because his baseball season's coming to an end and some of his friends are going to club and he can't go because he's not quite ready. But I was like, is you that like- why they're trying to get AJ to coach club team? Well, part. Partly, but, (laughs) but truth be told, he's just not ready. He just started baseball again. He really wants to play football. There's not a team for him where all of his buddies that he can go and play with all of his buddies. Those teams are full or they don't exist or he's too old or too young, whatever it is. Yeah. It's so tough. And I was like, what do you want to play? And he took it so personal. He's like, I don't know why you're being so harsh on me. And I said, I'm so sorry. My intention is not to be harsh on you. I'm not trying to be hard on you, but we only have a little bit of time left to decide because signups are closing soon. So what I want to know is what you want to play in your heart. Your friends will come. If you play the sport that you love, Mm -hmm. those people who also love that sport are going to be there and you're going to find more friends Right. and it's going to be fine. The first time might be scary, but after that, it'll be over and it'll be fine. Putting them out of their comfort zone. Putting them in an uncomfortable situation. And it's hard because They'll I don't want to go, right? But right. he will get through it. So just- And he might m- make mm-hmm. even better friends than the last team. Totally. You never know. Exactly. But and it's common good interest. to be on new teams also. For There's sure. There's a lot of good things good that come experience. with- life experience. Exactly. Encouraging friendship based on your shared interests. Facilitating social skills development. We, we've talked about a lot about that today, I think. Don't you think? Providing guidance on essential social skills and active listening and empathy. And I think validation is a really like you don't want to blow off their feelings. No, 
you want to talk. Blow them no, off. I think that makes it way worse. Or get over it. Or yeah, just don't worry. Up. Just brush it off. That's a dad thing, I think, because mm-hmm. I feel like my husband is like, Mine "You're is being too. too sensitive. Go play." And I'm like, "That helps nobody. Thanks a lot." <laughs> I don't know because I will say, like, sometimes it's so exhausting with well, my boy yes, that I'm just yes. like, "Get over it." So yeah, he's like, and sometimes I have to because mm-hmm. otherwise, yeah, because you've like, reached the end of your rope. Because you can't yeah. pick every battle. You can't yeah, like that's true. Go through every that's scenario. True. So, I don't. My situation is a little different. Yeah, so it's not as exhausting like that but it does feel like it happens a lot but maybe not as much but I do I just it's like it's the whole like put yourself in their shoes I don't understand why he's so upset I don't get why he's taking it personal but I try really really hard to say where is this coming from why are you so hurt when nobody's trying to hurt you yeah and try to explain it to him in a different way so that he can see things differently because they're very narrow at how they're looking at it Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's we'll a see if I, it works. I always ask too, is like, why is this hurting you? Why is this bothering you? Why does this make you upset? Like, that's right. always like my number mm-hmm. one question for either of my kids. Cause my girl is sensitive too, not as bad as my boy, but it's always like, why, why is this upsetting you so much? That, because he blinked at you two times. Like, why, yeah. why does that matter? Right. Why, why does that affect <clears throat> How is it affecting you? Right. And-, and I always tell them only you can control your emotions. Like, whatever somebody does to you, you're in, you're in control of yourself. You're in control of your emotions. You need to stop letting them control you and you control yourself. Right. And that's like something we've really been working on. Do they get that? Because we've had the same conversations (laughs) and my son does not get it. I'm like, Oh, I think like, no, he did this and it made me upset. And I'm like, I know, but how you react is you're in control. Yeah. And And he doesn't, he just doesn't get it. I think it's just one of those things where you just have to keep Keep repeating and they'll eventually got to beat the dead horse with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it just takes time. I, even as adults, Amanda will hang up on me without saying, I love you. And I'll be like, why didn't you say I love you? And she'll call me back and be like, sorry, I didn't mean to, you know, but (laughs) But it's just like, like stupid little things. You'll just get, you even tell yourself, like you get upset over something and you're like, why does this affect me so much? Like, why am I allowing this to bother me? And you just have to continue to speak about it. You guys are in my list because the next one was open communication. (laughs) (laughs) Creating a safe space for your child to express their feelings. Listen actively, offer guidance without judgment. I think you guys just kind of nailed that one. Yeah, we try. You do. You're winning. (laughs) Hashtag winning. Hashtag winning. (laughs) Give yourself grace. Beep. Beep. Give me grace, actually. Give we do give ourselves grace. <laughs> Whatever, just let it go. Give me grace. <laughs> Bumper stickers coming. I need my own grace sometimes. <laughs> Seek positive role models. This is a good one. That one is good. It's a really yeah, good but one. How? I think so. For me, I will say, like having my sister and AJ move here has been wonderful for my family. There's been a lot of growing pains for sure. And a lot of like, I've been on my own for 20 years. Chris's family is amazing, but they're not a mile away. We don't see them all the time. And having Christina and her family here now and Chris's cousins or like the kids in the family are graduated from college. Like my kids are it, the only kids. So which is a totally different dynamic. But then having Christina and AJ moving down the street, AJ goes mountain biking with my oldest. He coaches their baseball team. Like he's really stepped in as a really positive role model in a way that is like, Chris is a really positive role model, but it can't just be the dad. It's somebody outside of dad telling me what to do. And so AJ has been there and he's been really wonderful. Like that's been great. And then they have you. Like, I think you could probably say the same about my kids. My kids have you and Austin, like feel really comfortable that leaving them. And I know that they would be in good hands and you would 
Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, positive role models. So I agree with the statement. I'm, I was just trying to yeah. think in my head what we have as well. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I was in college, I remember hearing about if a child has just one positive role model other than their parents mm-hmm. that they can go to when they need something or they trust, then they're good like that. It could be the difference between life and death, right? Like it's a really important thing. Especially with kids who don't have good Mm -hmm. parents, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But it's a good one. Yeah, it was. I think too, like circling back to church and I know the situation that you had, like one of the boys that your oldest goes to church with was sending him good songs to listen to and like just being a positive role model, like even as the same age group, group, as a peer group. And I thought that it's like so cool, like just surrounding yourself with people which Oof. is so important. Yeah. And especially as we get into middle school, yeah, that's part of why we chose to go to a different middle school because we wanted it to be, not that if our, we have friends that are listening that don't go to the same middle school and it's not because we didn't like their children, but there were certain kids at certain schools that were doing well, certain things. Well, there were certain and freedoms. No perfect school. I think that we but, like the structure of the middle yes. school that we go to and the rules that they have. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily because I just want to clarify. Yeah, that. no, it wasn't because but of the parents or their kids. It was no, more about the freedoms about the school. that the school is, allowed yeah. that the but school it is we ultimately chose. important to surround yourself with those types of children. That share the same values and beliefs. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like I said earlier, your parents are those role models for your belief system. But once it goes to friends, those friends become the say all of what you believe and think, which is scary. Yeah. Okay. Two more on my list and then we can wrap it up. Um, the second to last is encourage friendships outside of school, which we did talk a lot about with outside sports and jujitsu and just finding out what you like and exploring those as options. Cause then when you're doing things that you love, you meet other people, meet other people that love the same things. And now a new friendship has been created and that's where it all starts. And the last one is reframe the perspective on popularity. And this is a a good one, I think, because people just because you're popular doesn't mean you have it all. Like I said, the most popular sometimes are are the the most loneliest. loneliest, Reminding our kids when they're feeling left out or lonely or validating those feelings. They're not, you're not alone. Even the most popular people, even the most famous people, even the richest person has those moments. Mm -hmm. This is just humanity. It's who we are as human beings. We have those feelings. I was going to say, like, one of the things that I really encourage my kids ever since they started school was to be friends with everybody. Like, don't leave anybody out. If you see a little girl or a little boy sitting by themselves, say, go make friends with them because they're probably sad that they don't have anybody to talk to. Like, you're basically like you're not better than them. They're not better than you. And you need to like, you should always make everybody feel comfortable. And it's like thinking about it. I was like, what if my son is that kid? But I know he's not, I know he has friends. I know that people want to play with him. The blessing that I have moving here is that Amanda's third and my boy are seven weeks apart. So they're together all the time. And if one of them ever sees the other one, not having somebody to play with, they leave their friends to go be with each other. So I know like, he always has somebody, but I always just want to encourage them to yeah. never let anybody, like if they see somebody alone to always go and see if they're okay, like introduce themselves, make friends with them because they may not have anybody. Yeah. So I yeah, invite them this. to the game. Yeah. That's such a good one. The mm-hmm. people who I think are the most incredible people that I've ever met are the ones that are like that. Like friends with yes. everybody. Yes. That yeah. Not friends with everybody, but don't 
if somebody's inclusive. they're inclusive yeah. that's what it is i knew somebody who actually who passed away at a young age unexpectedly but he was one of those people where if you went to a party he would talk to every single person or if he saw somebody by themselves he would make it a point to go stand yeah. and talk to them and make them feel included or not left out and i just love those people those yeah. are good people but yeah. it's a skill it so skill. the fact that you're encouraging it young might yeah. end up working out for when they're adults but i think that is important i mean i've always told my kids feel bad for the ones that you know are struggling or are sitting by themselves like mm -hmm. there's probably a reason and then I try to get them to have empathy where they understand like what if that was you and yeah. what if you were having a hard time or what if you had parents that you came to school crying because the, your house life was so awful or something you know and try yeah. to get them to have empathy but I don't know I love that you do that because yeah. it's so important I wish all parents did that I think it's really helped honestly like this year even in the beginning of the year my daughter was the new kid at school. We all switched schools this year. So she was a new kid, but there was other girls who had started this year too. And there was one in particular that was by herself because she just was an introvert and didn't know how to make friends. And my daughter brought her friends over and sat with that little girl at the Aww. table and was like, hi, let's play. Like, and, yeah. it, and it was that. And the teacher called me and was like, I just need to tell you what Aww. your daughter did. And I was like, that's great. Yeah. I'm glad that she's actually listening and yeah. applying the things that we're showing her yeah. and telling her. That's awesome. Know? So That's so good. They're listening. They are listening and we're the best examples of it. <laughs> we're so good. Let's all pat ourselves on the back <laughs> for a job well done. <laughs> Snaps for us. So oh, I hope this episode helped. Reach out to us if you have any questions or if you'd like to, to do a topic that's similar. We're at Mob Squad Podcast on Instagram. I don't know, Amanda, you step it. <laughs> thanks for I'm listening so tired. i know sorry i was i'm late for a meeting no, so fine. i was texting but thank you so much for listening at mobsquadpodcast.com thank you or no dot com. com sorry <laughs> oh dear god it's at right. mob squad podcast on the gram check it out and thank you christina for being yeah, here thank you thanks for having me. i hope you'll yeah. come back and yeah. hopefully you had fun I did. It was a little bit nerve wracking. You were? <laughs> I mean, I'm a little, I'm great. just like sweating a little bit. It's fine. That's how we were <laughs> in the beginning too. It's fun right. though. Huh? We were nice. Yeah. I mean, I, it, yeah, you were nice. Thanks. <laughs> Glad we've made that clear. <laughs> Wind it up. <laughs> Wind it up. <laughs> Wind it up. <laughs> See you All next right, time. Bye. Bye.